like the first thing is like a little segment with some of her writers that come out and she's sitting there and she takes a sip of something and goes oh my god that's good that must be LaCroix and like sets her little mug down and she's just yeah. like every time she drinks it she's like mm. and <laughs> sits it down and then like it's obvious that it's like flavored water and cracks me up because like she was just like so shocked that that was in her mug mm, LaCroix. <laughs> made me happy I love LaCroix I love um, that every LaCroix, LaCroix. LaCroix. I only say LaCroix because that's what the No, I call it LaCroix creator too. of LaCroix says that it is named after. That's what we called it in the 80s. Like LaCroix. LaCroix. But LaCroix. LaCroix. It's technically correct if you were saying it in French, but it's LaCroix. But this isn't French, man. We're it's in America. shit. Yes, be Welcome to the Feminine Mistake Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nicole, and today I am joined by Hillary, Sarah, and Julie. On today's Lady Bits, Sarah gives us some insight into the differences between the filmed version and the original stage play version of Steel Magnolias, and we see if this film passes the Bechtel test. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Okay, so uh, let's, uh, I would love to hear, so as we mentioned before, Sarah was in the play version of this, or the play, which was the yeah. original version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear the play version, just the, play, the original, the original OG. Oh, the OG stage version. Cool. All right, so I would love to hear about the differences between the stage play and the film version. So yes, there are basically four scenes um, two per act, and they're just long scenes. In the stage version. In the st- oh, okay. in the st- stage stage version, and they're each they're like the each scene is a, a is a, a a a season. Okay. And it's like you know the Easter and then like the Christmas, mm-hmm. Halloween, Easter again. Yep. Okay. Um, and um, yeah. So like mo- most. So you said of- there's no men in the play. Absolutely no men. So Drummond, it's just the s- six women, except. They talk about the men. So Jackson and Drummond, we don't meet they them. They exist in, like, they in the discuss world. the men. They exist huh. in the world, but they do not come into the shop. And it's just, it's just one set. It's the the, the salon. Um, and they just... So there's no wedding. This all takes place no. in the beauty shop. All yeah. takes place in the beauty That's shop right, as yeah. they get their hair done. I love that. I won't lie. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that doesn't end up being boring i mean it's basically just people like the six of them talking about their their lives now uh there are a couple things that you mentioned while we were watching the movie that i wanted to touch on and one was that uh it seemed like a lot of the line like a lot that relationship between drummond and Weeza, the arguing about the dog and all of that Mm -hmm. um those lines were actually clarice lines Mm -hmm. right yeah there were a bunch Hmm. of lines that um, were some of our lines that they gave to other characters to Drummond, right? Like the special well, yeah, bickering relationship but, between them. But not just that; like there were other, you know, ca- mm-hmm. characters and stuff. Um, and um, some of the line I forget, but I feel like some of the lines were other characters, and um, there were definitely a lot of things cut. 
Is it bad that I wish this movie was just the women? No. Like, I wish they had just I taken mean, I'm the not men bothered. I'm not bothered by the men. Um, I wish it was just that. I think in a movie, you can't have a movie that... I, I think that they had to expand the world because it was a film. Like, I think they had to do that. The I think they had to expand that. the world. And I think that that was a smart choice. Um, and I think what we ended up with was kind of further... The men didn't have a lot of depth to them, but I think their presence added something in that it further solidified the concept of the women's relationship being important. And also, like we're yeah, in a movie, you that. can't in a movie you can't talk about somebody off screen. You could, but I think that they they made a smart choice to have those people represented so that we could at least get to know them a little bit rather than just talk about I think them. It, I I agree. I think it added something to the movie that we had the men there to compare and contrast the relationships that they had. I agree. But I also would have just been fine with just watching a movie about these ladies. Yeah. I, th- I think that I, the thing I like about the play is you don't see the wedding or the funeral or the, the death or. Well, that's the one thing. That that's stuff. one thing I wanted to point out is that Sarah had said, so all that stuff in the hospital where she's like hooked up to tubes and they're unplugging her and there's like the long delayed, like close up on the machine as the heartbeat stops. Like none of that is in the play. Like the monologue where, Malin describes her mm-hmm. last moments with Shelby as what's in the play. Yeah. And so and I basically and, what okay. happens is Shelby's in the first three scenes and then she just doesn't show up in the fourth scene. And so for a while you're just like, where's, sh- where's Shelby? Okay. So she's like in act one and then half of act two and mm-hmm. then she's just gone. And then she just doesn't show up wow. for scene four. And then you like slow, slowly as they're talking, re- realize that she died. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think at first I was like, okay, well, I, it's a movie, so I can see why they've got to do the whole everybody in the hospital thing. But I do think that the monologue that she has at the funeral about her last moments, I can see it's Julia Roberts, and that's why they can't just like have her fucking die and you never see her again, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the monologue is much more powerful, I think, than actually like watching someone get unplugged. Oh, the yeah. monologue for me was what? really sent me over the edge was watching uh sally field do that monologue i mean that was what really truly broke my heart it wasn't watching julia roberts die in the in the hospital it was watching sally field's reaction to it and her experience of it in the hospital right that's what i really right and this is the key you know the crucial difference between um plays and films is that you sometimes you can't tell a story as well in film as you can in a play or sometimes you can't tell a story as well in a play or as in a film. So I feel like this is a story that I prefer being told in a play. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. He said he wrote it. He had, he started writing prose, but the comedy wasn't there. And he just was like, no, no, I want these people to, I want the characters to talk, talk. you know? Yeah. So he um, wrote it. And it, he originally intended it for one act, but it kept wow. writing and writing and writing, and finally it was a full-length play. Yeah. He was saying, yeah. like, I feel like that's most writers' experiences. <laughs> They're like, I intended this as a one act, like, and now it's a yeah. four-and-a-half-hour play. <laughs> or like me, you're like, I'm going to write a feature, and then I and then I write and an hour, like, and I'm like, I'm done now. <laughs> yeah. or I've got an like hour's me. worth of story. I'm going to write a feature, and then it's like five pages, and you're like, that's it. That's, Oops, that's it. It's all done. I have this play I recorded on D- D- DVD if anyone wants to see it sometime. Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, we'll have to put Movie the night. picture, a picture of you as Clary on, yes. on the page. They did it at yes. the Alliance a couple years back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
So, uh, back Bechtel test. Shall we do the Bechtel Bechtel. test? Okay. So the Bechtel test. Um, so let's run through the rules. If you're, Hey, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Um, we are, we, there's, here are the rules of the Bechtel test. So, uh, first of all is, is the, are there, is, are there, is there more than one woman in this film? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you sure? I think there are. (laughs) There are a couple. Um, do those two women have names? They do indeed. Oh yes. Do they talk directly to each other? Yes. They do. Do they talk about something other than a man? Yes, yes. they do. All right, so we've got a pass. There's a lot of instances where this yes. happens. It passes in the first it few minutes. Passes so. It passes all over the during place. the credits. Oh, really? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, it it starts off, you know? Well, it starts off original. Oh, isn't the first thing it passes with is the nail polish color? That's actually, well, that's or not the that first later? scene. That's not the first scene. Okay. The but first scene of is talking hair, is Anel is at Truvies, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So she's, but she's talking about hair and the job. So yeah. we then get it that right there. In the um, I feel like they the talk vast about her majority health. of the play is not talking about men. That's right. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They talk the, about the her film. health. They talk about her, the baby. Um, they talk about the jobs. They talk about the radio, radio, the buying radio the radio station. station. They talk about crawfish, tomatoes, <laughs> track lighting. I mean, there's the list is that it, as yeah. it turns out, if you want women to say something to each other about something other than the man, you can literally have them talk about anything. Literally anything. Literally anything. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, let's move on to the black doll test. Oh, there were some black people. Is, is, the there, wedding? is yes. there more than one did, black person did, in this film? The wedding. No. There were two. Well, yes. I don't know. I don't know. Do they have were names there? or lines? No. No. No characters. And yeah. they they don't talk to each other. No. no. They don't the, talk about something other dance. than a white person. They don't talk at all. They the just first dance black the person black I noticed was at oh. the very end in the Easter scene yes. when they're Easter yeah. egg hunting and there was a black woman and a black child. Yes. Easter egg hunting. A nurse or a doctor. I saw a couple people dancing. Oh, and there was the, a nurse or a doctor. Yeah. You're right. But once again, it's like they always... They they're just background. They didn't have any lines. Have black, black, black people that did dancing or now singing if this or was Now, if this yeah. was the remake with Queen Latifah and Felicia Rashad, it would pass but it's not it would it is not but it's not i've got to watch that though i would yeah, watch I it i almost feel like i wish remake, we could but i'm really excited i feel like i wish we could is, watch it and then do like case. a follow-up like 20 minute bit where we just kind of talk about it but yeah maybe we'll do that no promises okay maybe. Um, next promises. november next november <laughs> a year anniversary um okay uh so the mojo test this is our brand new test yeah women over 50 uh, right developed I think it's by 50. topher Payne. I believe it's over 50. Let's yeah. just say over 50. I'm sorry, Topher, if we got it wrong. We'll correct we'll it in correct our next it show, but next we'll continue year. <laughs> doing this. But uh, so the Mojo test. Uh, are there two women in this film over the age of 50? Yes. yes. I believe yes. so, yeah. I say so. Do they have names? Yes, yes, they do. Do they talk to each other? Yes. yes they do. they talk about something other than a man or their aches and pains? Yes. 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 Yeah, they do. Is that what he said? Uh, no. Aches and pains? I made that last part <laughs> They do talk about men and aches and pains, but, they but, yeah, do, so but we not actually solely. Two women over the age of 50 with um with a with a, a life of their own. With oh, a life of their own. A yeah. life of their full own. Full life of full their own. Full life of their own. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It passes two, but not three. It passes. No black doll. No black doll oh, right. test. No black doll. But it's, uh, it's getting close. And, yeah. All right. So oh my God! Are. But the all black steel magnolias would pass all three. It, it would. That it one's would. the was triple that like threat. The, is that like the only film ever that would pass all three? That's the only one I, I can think I'm of. I'm sure we could keep watching and eventually find <laughs> one that would pass all three. So I think we're in a good headspace for my question, okay. which is we, sometimes I did this last year too. Sorry mm-hmm. that, that you're here for our last episode, but um, sorry. 
Uh, and you don't have to participate if you want to, but I, I always like to ask a question at the very end of the year. And like last year, it was what what did we learn from all these films? But this year, I wanted to ask, um, since it, we're getting close to new, this might come out around New Year's. Um, what's everyone's New Year's resolution as a women woman in film? And if you want to take a moment oh, wow. to look at it, I've been I've already thought about it, so I can go ahead and you yeah, can think rude. about you it. You don't tell us anything. I know. I like to surprise. <laughs> So do you want, would it help if I went first? Sure. Okay. Go first, but I feel like you're going to steal my answer. No, well, I won't, but it's okay Ghost. if we have similar answers. Okay. So I actually have two. Okay. So my first is that I want next year in film as a woman in film, I would like to challenge myself to uh, devote more energy into the uh, making the, to making the film look beautiful as well as be funny and have good acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like, uh, and and this is not for lack of people in the industry who work with us that are incredibly talented cinematographers. I think it's a matter of like giving them the time and the space to collaborate on the yeah. look of something, but also writing something that it has visual dynamicism to it. Mm-hmm. So that's something I'd like to challenge myself to do next year. Um, and as a woman in film, I would like to also challenge myself to care less if people like me. I think that's a good goal. Yeah. And I don't mean like that. You shouldn't be nice to people or, um, you know, no, but not fuck treat people politeness, up, man. but like spend less time obsessing over my uh, having to make decisions or ask people to do things or, you know, direct people <laughs> is uh, is making them not like me less. I want to obsess less over people liking me next yeah. year. And those are my things that. Those are my resolutions as a woman in film that I would like to say for next year. I I think mine would be that I would like to create more opportunities for women in film and give it. them more place both behind the scenes and on camera. Um, since I write and direct, I think it's a good both, goal. both on and off camera, I, I think as a writer and a director, I have the ability to both write roles for women as well as cast women in roles that I wouldn't necessarily see them in. And that's something I'm, I'm working on another project next year that I'm not sure I have the authority to announce yet, but I'm working on another project next year that'll come out next summer with a bunch of other women and uh, one other guy. And uh, I'm really excited about it. And we're trying to do something that's very gender neutral with a classical piece and recast some roles that would typically be meant for men and I, I think that's something that I really want to explore next year is taking on roles that would traditionally be made for men and letting women explore them because all roles are meant for people and we all have a similar human experience no matter what our gender is. And I think it's interesting to see the gender difference in those portrayals and the difference in the characters when you change the, the gender role. That's great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean like this is a bigger like uh issue in the, in terms of like ha- not having time and not really knowing if I want to direct next year and Okay, so it's maybe like coming to terms with what is going to fulfill you creatively next yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I don't know if that's okay yeah. to say. No, I think that's no, I think fine. That's a great thing to say because like yeah. you as a woman in film, you need to find out what fulfills you and what your niche is and yeah. what exactly makes you happy. I in feel this like industry. I love to write more than 
Okay, uh, so maybe uh, for you, else? like writing and and having it, the experience of someone else directing your work might be something that would be yeah. exciting for you. Yeah. yeah, and I definitely I love to write um, strong female characters, and I love um, characters who um, are are not like the the typical like archetype. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And so but, I would want know, to, like Hillary defy said, people's expectations. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, th- I think that um, I would also like I would want to write characters like Hillary said that give more women opportunities, like even like try to write for w- women who wouldn't y- usually be cast. Not that I would have any control over the casting, but just mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I think it's always exciting to see what someone else does with your work too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always a great experience. Yeah. Cool. I love it. All right. Uh, Julie, as a woman, and because you've made, uh, so you've shot several films this year and you've got a feature that you're working on. Um, is, is there anything, maybe any, any goals as a filmmaker you have, uh, uh to year? finish the two projects from this year. Yes. <laughs> I, we have a project we're trying to finish as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And then, um, I want to do, I want to finish the script for mm-hmm. the feature film mm-hmm. soon. Um, yeah, and I really want to shoot it next year. Awesome! That's an amazing awesome. goal to shoot a feature. That's that's a great goal. It doesn't feel doable. Oh, it's but always I know doable. It is. It is. Yeah, it's always doable. doable. It it's feels doable. really scary. It's, you can do I'm it. I'm so excited about it. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today's Lady Bits. Our special guest this month, Julie Jones-Ivy, has two really wonderful films that you should keep an eye out for in 2018. Be on the lookout for Walking Man and Long Con Mom, directed by Julie and coming out in early 2018. And of course, you can check out her gorgeous photography on her website. Uh, She takes headshots, Atlanta actors, and you can see samples of her beautiful work at her website, juliejonesivyphotography.com. Well, this is our... Last episode of 2017, um, so we wanted to take a moment to thank all of our listeners for making Season 2 of the Feminine Mistake Podcast such a blast. And of course, we also want to thank this season's guests, Liz Shad, Christy Wozniak, Patrick Morgan, Michelle Pokopek, Arya Mara, Tyner Rushing, Jasmine Waters, Natalie Flynn, Melissa Lee, Topher Payne, and Julie Jones-Ivy. Thank you guests for sharing your insights and your humor with us. This might be our last episode of 2017, but you can always keep up with us on social media. You can find the Feminine Mistake Podcast on Facebook at Feminine Mistake Pod, and you can follow Critical Crop Top on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Critical Crop Top. You can tweet at us. Um, you can send us pictures of what you got for Hanukkah or Christmas. Um, you can um, hide from your relatives in the bathroom and uh, tell us what you thought about Steel Magnolias or any of the other films that we've done this month um, on all these long car trips and traveling. Now's a great time to catch up with the Feminine Mistake podcast and maybe get uh, get into some of those episodes that you may have missed. We hope you have had or and or are having a happy holiday, and we will meet you right back here in February 2018 for Season 3 of the Feminine Mistake Podcast.
Did you ever go on vacation with your family and hope the dance instructor would fall in love with you? No, but I did think a guy with a giant boombox playing Peter Gabriel outside my window in the middle of the night meant true and undying love. Listen to our podcast, Happily Ever Aftermath, where we revisit these movies and it turns out they weren't the best ideas. What were we thinking? You can find our podcast, Happily Ever Aftermath, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. You can also tweet at us at H-E-A-M-C-A-S-T. Hemcast.